right, okay, who's excited to be in church this morning? We doing okay? Awesome. Well, hey, if it's your very first time here today, my name is Michael, and on behalf of all of our team and leadership, we're just so thrilled that you're spending your Sunday morning with us. And uh, how about, how many know, like, like, the cool weather finally showed up, didn't it? Like, with a vengeance, it's here. Who, who was excited to put on long sleeves for the first time this weekend? Yeah? Yeah, I know. I love it. And uh, I, I always love when the seasons change, because that means my wife's going to have a whole bunch of new clothes arriving at the house for me. And I, I like that. So this is actually last year. I, have, I decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recycle one and, uh, and then bust out the new stuff soon. But um, really, really excited to continue our legacy series with you this morning. And if you're a first-time guest, I, I could not be more thrilled that you're here. And we also have a handful of people who are watching online right now through uh, Facebook Live or our app or on the truelife.church website. So would you all help me just welcome guests and those who are watching online right now? We're so thrilled that you're here this morning, and I'm going to try to move quickly today. I'm actually going to share a message with you that I have been sharing uh, uh, regularly for the last seven and a half years, ever since we started True Life Church. One of the most important lessons I think I can share with you today, and uh, I'm going to try to move through it quickly, get, get your notes ready, and be ready to, to follow along as we continue our legacy series. I want to give you a, a little bit of a heads up. Next weekend, we're going to spend some time talking specifically about one of our strategic uh, global missions partners called Children's Cup, and uh, a, a handful of you had an opportunity to uh, sponsor a child through Children's Cup uh, last year. I think we ended up sponsoring about 40 children uh, in a community that we, we oversee a care point there. Our, a portion of your giving every weekend uh, gets sent around the world to, through different missions partners, and Children's Cup is one of those, and so our care point there is helping to train spiritual leaders and and uh, make sure that there's a functioning church there, and uh, we make sure that there's food and clean water and medical supplies, and we're doing everything we can to invest in families there and, and even uh, economical training for uh, young people. As the, There's many, many of the children are orphaned um, because of the HIV virus um, or because of just the, the culture. Dad will just, uh, the poverty is, is so pervasive, uh, one or another parent will just get up and, and move on somewhere else to try to find a way to just get ahead. And, and um, so there's still about 80 children in that community uh, who could use sponsorship. Um, and uh, we've, we even found out this week that there's a good chance one of the children we sponsor as a family has a, a, a sister who is not being sponsored. And so uh, we're trying to figure out how we can play a part in that. And so you, I'll share all of that with you next weekend and, and then give you an opportunity if God puts it on your heart uh, to become a part of that through, through child sponsorship. There will be no arm twisting or guilt trips, I promise. That's not the way we do things here. We just share with you the opportunity, and then you do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And uh, it's going to be a, a great, great Sunday, all right? So uh, let's, let's dig in this morning. We're talking about our legacy, and here's how we define legacy. It's what people remember about you when you're not here anymore. And people will remember something about you. Come on, how many... Uh, how many, let's just be honest, how many have some people who aren't here anymore and, and, and nobody in your family cried too much? Anybody have any of those? Some of you are like, I'm not going to admit that. That's terrible. But you know, you, do, you, know you have them. Uh, and how many, how many want to be that person that when you're not here anymore, people, people cry for a little bit? You know what I'm saying? Right? Like, like, like the way you feel about your pastor. Like if I wasn't here anymore, I know there would, you know, our overseers would come in and take you through you know, about 24 months of mourning, <laughs> and 
and crying and sackcloth and ashes and, you know, all the Old Testament stuff. No amens. None at all. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate that. I'm going to go polish up my resume now. I'm kidding. I'm here for good. Uh, no, we want to be, come on, we want to be remembered the right way. And uh, one of the things we're trying to heat up in this series is, hey, as a church, as a, as a spiritual family, um, this thing the way it is right now won't last forever. Um, one day something else will be here. Uh, this thing will take on a new shape or form or identity. But we want to be remembered for what we leave behind. And we want to do well to prepare for future generations. And that's why we've been using this passage over the last several weeks. Good will come to those who are, everybody say it, generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered how long? Forever, forever, in, in, a, in a good way. You want to be, be remembered in a good way, all right? And so I've been trying to connect you with different opportunities to help us with the legacy that we leave together as a church, and um, you know, I think we're, we, we kind of tried to do this a couple years ago prematurely, uh, but we're pretty close. I think this next year we'll be able to develop a plan for what we're going to call a legacy team, and that is for those of you who kind of just feel called to be generous, and uh, you just kind of need to know what the opportunities are so that you can uh, give to those, and that is the spiritual gift that some of us have on our life, is to, you know, just find opportunities to to resource things, and, and so I'll, I just want to kind of plant that seed in your heart that uh, in the coming year, you'll hear me talk about that and create some opportunities for you to come in and, and have a meal if you feel like, hey, generosity is a gift that's on my life, and, and we'll just eat together and share the vision of what we could do, because uh, our vision is always ahead of our resource at True Life Church, and we just move at the speed of your giving and your generosity. And so I look forward to that. One of the ways that you can help create legacy right now is through what we call our legacy offering. And typically we don't open this up until December, but I shared with you last week, we might open it up sooner, depending on some scenarios that all, whether or not they come together and what our team can, can pull off. And so uh, this, this isn't something I anticipate we'll do every year, but I did just want to go ahead and get it open for you. Because the more giving we get towards legacy right now, the more families we can serve on December 14th in what we're calling, well, that's not supposed to say name TBD. They didn't catch my change in the notes. The Giving Hope Christmas Shop, all right? So it's the Christmas shop, and, uh, and it's not named TBD. All right, uh, Giving Hope <laughs> Christmas Shop, Saturday, December 14th. And uh, what we will do is uh, we're, our, our outreach team is working with strategic partners and strategic relationships to find families. This will be an invitation-only event. And really, we want to start with you. If you know a family who, and, and we obviously, we want to be very careful about this, because uh, um, if we make a too big a deal about it, you know, people will, will feel embarrassed, and they won't want to respond, and we don't, we don't want to create that situation at all. But if you know a family who's maybe going through a difficult time, and, uh, and maybe they're going to struggle to have gifts around the tree uh, for Christmas, um, you, could, you could pass their information to our uh, outreach team and, um, and let us know. You could stop by even at the info desk and, and, and you can be discreet. And you could just say, hey, who do I talk to? I need to, I, I have somebody that I think would benefit from this. And we think we're going to be able to serve somewhere between 20 and 30 families that day. And what we're going to do is we're going to uh, get them in our building and, and we're going to treat them like royalty. And in fact, the, the whole point of the thing is not about the gifts. Uh, look at that. They did it. 
Nice job, guys. That's impressive. Um, giving Hope Christmas Shop. So, so the win is not to give people gifts to take home. The, the win is to give people honor and dignity. All right, you with me? And, uh, and so we're going to just do as much of that as we possibly can that day. And so we're going to feed them a wonderful meal. And then we're going to take their kids and give them something to do. And then a portion of our building is going to be set up like a store. And uh, we're going to give those families an opportunity to shop and uh, pick out gifts for their kids so that they can have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas this year. And obviously, we're going to share Jesus uh, and let them know that, that he's the one, really, who is doing this for them, that we're just the hands and the feet of Jesus, and this is a gift from him. Amen? All right, so if you want to be a part of that, uh, Kristen tells me we think we need somewhere between 50 and 60 uh, Dream Teamers that day, uh, serve team members to, to come hang out and and help us serve families that weekend. And you can sign up to serve on that Saturday uh, at truelife.church forward slash serve team, all right? You can just head to that, that URL and let us know, hey, I would like to be a part of the Christmas shop. Use me however you want. In fact, there will probably be some options there for you to choose from to let us know what your interest lies. And we can try to make sure we align your interests and your passions with the serving opportunities that day. But I'm just telling you, I'm so fired up about this. I'm so fired up about this uh, that we can reach into our community and, uh, and, and make a difference this way. So thank you. True. In fact, can we just give God a little thanks ahead of time that, that he's going to use us in that way? And it's going to be really cool. All right. Uh, and then we're going to do something we have never done before. The following weekend, we're calling Legacy Sunday. Uh, Legacy Sunday, that's November 17th in both services. And what we're going to do on that Sunday morning uh, is I'm not really even going to share the, the usual message like I would on a Sunday morning. We're going to take that Sunday and just celebrate the last 12 months. Uh, we're going to share some statistics with you and some wins that we've had together as a church family and talk a little bit about where we're headed in the next 12 months. And, and it's just going to, I'm just telling you, you don't want to miss because your heart's going to be full that day. And, and some of you don't even realize what a huge difference you're making and how many lives have been touched. And uh, so we're just going to try to help you see that just a little bit on November 17th. All right. Let me get into what I'm sharing with you this morning, which I already told you I've been sharing it for the last seven and a half years. It's one of the most important teachings I could give you this morning. And it starts in Romans chapter 14, verse 10. It says, you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? So Paul is saying, hey, look, look, you don't need to be judge and jury. That's not your job. Your job is to love and to serve. Can I hear an amen? He says, because there is a judgment coming, for we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account. So it's not that... It's not that we're judgment-free forever. There is going to come a moment where we are going to stand before God and, and we're going to be accountable for, for some things. And, and there's some questions that are going to be asked of us. We'll give an account of ourselves to God. And if you're following along in your notes, what we've called this for the last seven and a half years, and I'm actually going to give you some theology this morning, some doctrine about what's going to happen after this life is over for you, uh, whether that be your, your body quits working or Jesus comes back. Whichever scenario happens, you're going to stand before God one day, and there's going to be what we call the two-question test. Two-question test. Uh, 
and, and you want it to be a two-question test, all right? If it's just a one-question test for you, that means the first question didn't go well, all right? Because the first question is this. Uh, it is, what did you do with my son, Jesus? So God is going to look at us and he's going to say, hey, I, remember John three sixteen, for For I so loved you that I sent my one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have what? eternal or everlasting life. And we want to, come on, you want to answer that first question correctly. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. Amen. Okay, and, and there's, by the way, this question is not really attached to anything that you do. It's, it's attached to one, one choice. Did you receive the free gift of salvation that Jesus offers to us? Did you enter into relationship with him? Do you recognize all of the work that he's already done? And there's not a thing you could do to add to or take away from your salvation. Jesus is the one who handles it. The question is, did you receive him? Did you receive the free gift of salvation? Let me show it to you in scripture. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. This is John's vision of some things that are gonna happen. It says, then I saw a great white throne. That's what we call this first question in the test is the great white throne judgment. And him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and there's some books open. So like there's, there's some books open that are recording some things about our lives. But before we get to those books, there's another book that was opened, which is the book of, everybody say it, life. life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done. So let me just say it to you this way. This is what, when I was growing up, we called it the Lamb's Book of Life. That was how we said it in the church I grew up in. You had to, you had to do that with your voice or you weren't, really, you weren't really a Christian. It's not the Lamb's Book of Life. It's the Lamb's Book of Life. Yeah. It's the Lamb's Book of Life. And, and I'm not sure how this is going to all play out, but here's what I know. You want your name in that book. In that book is where it is recorded who has received the free gift of salvation and who is not? And, and really, this one is as, as simple as can be. This is just you saying, Jesus, I believe you died. I believe you paid the price for my sin. I believe you've made it possible for me to have relationship with you. Please forgive me of the life that I lived without you and doing it my own way. From now on, God, you're, you're in charge. You're in control. My life belongs to you. Thank you for saving me. And that's a prayer we lead people in every single weekend. And if you've prayed that prayer, good news, you're going to pass the first question on the two-question test. You want to you wanna answer this one right, because Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom that day, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? God, didn't we go to church uh, most weekends, and, and I'm, I memorized some scripture, and I even listen to Christian radio, God. Why, 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 what's the deal? And he's gonna say, that's really not the thing I was looking for. I'm gonna tell him plainly, I didn't know you. We weren't in relationship together. You didn't receive the gift of salvation. And I really made it easy for you. I did all the work. And, and so we wanna answer this question. We don't wanna hear that, that last line there, all right? That is the first question in the two-question test. Then he's gonna ask us another question. If you pass the first question, if you pass the first part of the test, you're going to progress to a second question, the Bible says, which is this. What did you do with what I gave you? 
So you're saved. Probably most of you in the room today have had a, a conversion experience, a moment where you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so you're what we would call Christian. You're saved. And that's not in question. But there is another, there is another question that's going to be asked of each and every one of us who follow Jesus, who call ourselves followers of Jesus. And that is going to be the rest of the life that I gave you, your time, your energy, your resources. How did you manage that? What did you do with it? Did you realize that it really all came from, from me and that all of it was a gift for you to steward? Or, or did you kind of just think about yourself and, and, and did you maybe become a little self-centered and a little self-focused? And I don't know how it's all going to work, but the Bible says there is, there is some kind of reward system in heaven attached to this question. I don't know what that looks like. I know what I hope it looks like based on what I like in my current form and my current body. Like, how many think it'd be cool if, like, based on this, like, if you really handle things well and you steward things well on planet Earth, I'm hoping for, like, Ruth Chris quality in uh, Golden Corral style (laughs) with no physical penalty. Come on. Wouldn't it be great if, like, you find out one day, heaven calories don't count? <laughs> right? Just go for it. I've been, I've been working on my, I'm, I'm doing the plan right now, and I got a calorie budget, you know, so I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to map it out and make sure, and if I'm going to have a big meal, then I just fast all day, you know what I'm saying, so I can just go for it. I'm not sure if that's how you're supposed to do it or not, but I'm down seven pounds, Steak, steak was good. It was really good. It was the only thing I ate that day, but it was really good. What did you do with what I gave you? Because Paul says we're, we're all going to appear before the judgment seat. So we have the great white throne. We also have the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive what is due. So like there's something due. There's something coming to you. Him for the things done well in the body whether good or bad, Jesus himself said it this way. One day I'm, I'm going to come in my Father's glory with my angels, and I'm going to reward. Like I, like, I have a reward system. I've, I've got Ruth's Chris ready for you. I've, I've got, come on, where, where are all my football fans at? How many hoping, like, there's still football in heaven? I hope there's, I hope there's still football. Um, I really do. I hope there's football. I really hope Pat Mahomes is saved. Um, If not Pat and you're watching on live stream, praying for your knee today, buddy. Um, Come on, I hope hope football's still a thing. And I hope, like, maybe part of the reward system is, like, a football room in your house where one entire wall is a TV screen (laughs) at, like, 10K, 10,000K resolution. Some of you are like, what is that? Like, it should just feel like you're there, like the full immersion football experience. You know, there, Jesus is saying, hey, there, there is going to be a reward system, and it is going to be based on what you've done. And so what I want to help you with today is, is mostly that second part of the test. Now, some of you may be sitting here today, and, and you're still contemplating the first question. What did you do with, you haven't done anything with Jesus yet. And at the end of the, our time together today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make sure you pass the first part of the test. But I do want to spend the last few minutes together talking about how we make sure we pass the second question, which is, 
what do we do with everything that's been given to us? What do we do with the life that we have, our time, our energy, our resources? How do we steward that well? How do we manage it well so that we leave a legacy that matters? And we call that being driven by eternity. The only way you can live the life that you are called to live is to remember that this one is not going to last forever. There, there's an eternity that is that we're someday going to have to answer these two questions. We're going to have to go through these two tests. And, and if I forget that and I start thinking that this life is it, I'm not going to do well on those tests. In fact, I want to show it to you here. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time, and he has also set eternity where? In the human heart. So that even people who don't know God and who don't have a relationship they're all doing the same thing. They're all trying to answer the same question, like, is this really it? Is there more? There's got to be something else, right? There's got to be more to this life. And the answer is yes, of course there is. And God hardwired you with that yearning to try to figure out what that is so that you could connect yourself to something bigger than yourself. And so if you want to pass the second part of the test, you're going to have to be intentional about keeping eternity in your heart and in your mind and making sure that you filter all of life's choices through an eternal lens. Let me help you with this. Here's the first thing that you gotta do. Uh, I, just, I want you to make some declarations today so that we can all leave the right legacy together. Here's the first one. You're gonna have to decide that I'm gonna intentionally give what I have. Give what I have. There's some teaching that exists in Christian circles that would encourage you to give what you don't have. And I would actually call that poor stewardship. I can only give out of what I have. Can I hear an amen this morning? So nobody here is asking you to swipe a credit card and plant a faith seed so that God can come through for you. That is nonsense. Can I, another amen? It's just nonsense. Stewardship is, is what you're uh, responsible to have. You can only give out of what you have. You can't give what you don't have. And so... But what you can do is you can look at what you have and you can say, God, how, how much of this do I really need? And how much of it could I use to leave a legacy? How much of it could I use to make an impact? How much of it could I contribute so that maybe there's one, maybe there's one more family we can add on for that Christmas shopping experience? And I'd like to play a part in that. And that's, that's you, can, you can give what you have. It's, 2 Corinthians 9.11, Paul says, you'll be made rich in every way so that you can be, everybody say it, generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And man, there's some people in the room today who you don't have, you may not have deep pockets right now. You may not, you might have been looking at your bank account this morning going, I don't know if I can afford to put gas in the car to get to church today. And I get it, I've been there. But you know what you might have? You might have a smile. You might have a hug. Come on, I'm a hugger. Where are all my huggers at? Yeah. Some of you are like, don't touch me, dude. Don't touch me. I'll break you. I will cut you. No. I've learned now, too, after a few icy uh, encounters. Like, I've had a couple people. I'm like, hey, what's up? And it's like, it is like hugging an ice cube. They just don't move. They're like, why are you touching me? Because I love you. Stop. If you love me, you'll stop. Stop it. 
So now I've learned. I'm like, hey, you a hugger? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, cool, it's safe. Let's go in. You might have a, you might have, you might not be able to, to pass money somebody's way, but maybe you could pass some encouragement. Maybe you could just say, hey, you look nice today. You look really good, pastor. Thank you. Thank you so much. You can just, you, you give what you have. And the truth is, all of us have something. And we can be intentional about taking what we do have and what is available to us and giving what we have. Maybe you have time. Maybe, maybe God has allowed you to, to be in a situation where you could go serve somebody and, or you can just go spend time with somebody who's going through a difficult season and, and just let them know that they're not alone and, and they're not, they're not going to have to walk through what they're going through all by themselves. It's, you give what you have, but you're going to have to be intentional about evaluating what you have so that you can use it. If you don't take time to, to take inventory on what you have that God might be able to use, then what you'll do is you'll just default to thinking, I don't have anything to offer. And the truth is, 100% of the people in this room this morning have something to offer. Can I hear an amen? You have something. So just so give what you have. Be intentional about it. The second thing you've got to do is decide that I'm going to be intentional about serving others. I'm going to be intentional about serving others. Because if I'm not intentional with this, I will, my default setting, my, my flesh, my body, the way that I'm wired and the way society uh, tells me that I should be, I will, default, I will default to serving myself. Our, our, our default setting really is to think about, care about, take care of ourselves. But if you want to leave a legacy, if you want to finish this life and have people remember you for good reasons, then you've got you've to settle in your heart that you're going to serve others, make your life about others. That's why Jesus said, whoever wants to become great, anybody in the room want to be great? Come on, come on, this is your chance to show your selfish ambition. Come on. Come on, I want to be great. But I don't want to be great in my eyes, I want to be great in God's eyes. You see the difference? And, and, and Jesus says, you want to be great? Then you got to serve. And whoever wants to be first is going to have to be the slave, be willing to be last. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to, everybody say it, serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Here's the third one, and we're gonna wrap it up in just a second. I've gotta decide that I will intentionally share Christ. Like, you have to be intentional about this. You have to plan for this. Like, I'm so thankful for um, uh, the opportunities that like social media has has created. I mostly am not a fan of social media, but there are some opportunities like, like some of you are checking in today and and so your friends and family are going, oh, they're, they're at church. What is that? What's that place? Some of you have found us that way. And I'm very, very thankful for that. I'm thankful for the ones who, who, who check in and say, hey, it's, you still got time to get here. If you want to get here, that's, that's all great. That's good. But, but I want to ask you to take that up a notch. I, wanna, I want you to be intentional about thinking about the people in your life who may not have a relationship with Jesus or who may not have a healthy life-giving church environment to be a part of. Maybe they're disconnected and they're isolated and they're doing life by themselves right now. And I'm asking you through life to be intentional, to prayerfully think through that list 
And we're about to go into the perfect season for you to make an invite. In fact, on every seat this morning when you came in are two little square cards that our creative team has cleverly designed to look kind of like old school retro movie tickets. And it's just a little invite card that you can, it's just a tool that you can put in your toolbox to help you be intentional about sharing Christ. Hey, do you like popcorn? Yes, because who doesn't? Right? Maybe, maybe a couple people who maybe need a freedom class or something. But, 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 but most, most everyone's going to like popcorn. Hey, my church is doing this thing. We, it's so crazy. You're not going to believe it. We eat popcorn and we drink soda in church. And, uh, and we watch a movie. We watch part of a movie together. And, um, and, and so we embark, we're embarking on this series on uh, November 24th called At the Movies. It'll happen in both services, and, and we just kind of, we do up the lobby, and there'll be red carpet photo booth out there, and all kinds of fun opportunities for you to engage in it, and, and then we use some of Hollywood's biggest movies to communicate biblical truths to people's heart, and, it, and we give a clear gospel presentation at the end of every message. It is the perfect time for you to make sure someone far from God or disconnected from spiritual community, is sitting next to you in church, uh, and that'll run for four weeks, and then you get one more opportunity when we go into all of those Christmas services that we're doing, four of them, four of them on December 22nd, 23rd, and two on Christmas Eve, the 24th, 22nd at 6 p.m., 23rd at 7 p.m., two o'clock and four o'clock on Christmas Eve, and I am so excited to see How many people, when we get to that moment in each of those services where we say, hey, if you are far from God, if you wouldn't pass the first question on the two-question test, but today you know this is the day to give my life to Jesus, would you raise a hand? And every week, every week during that series, hands will go up. And every week during that series, eternity will change for someone. Come on, can I hear an amen this morning? Because we are Christ's ambassadors and God is making his appeal. Everybody say, through me. Through through you. Through all of us. That is where God is making his appeal to the hearts of people who are far from him. And I'm asking you, true life, to get outside of what's comfortable and what's normal and be intentional about sharing Jesus with the people in your life. Jesus said it this way, go out into the country and urge anyone you find to come in so that my house will be, everybody say it, full. Full. That's what he wants. So we've got to be intentional. We've got to be intentional to give what we have, not what we don't have. We've got to be intentional about serving people because we don't want to become selfish. We don't want our lives to be about ourselves. And we've got to be intentional about sharing Jesus with people. And I'm just telling you, if you can create some intentionality in your life around those three things, you're going to score well on the second test. And, and, and the reward system is going to be good for you. Michaela, you can come or whoever, whoever's coming out. You're going to score well on the second test, which really is what I feel like is part of my job. The Bible says my job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. 
You know what the work of ministry is? It's giving what you have. It's serving someone who has a need. And sharing Jesus with somebody who doesn't have him yet. That's the work. That's the work. And I want you to pass the second test with flying colors. With flying colors. Why? Because Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere. Go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to who? Everyone. Let me take you back to the verse we started with when we began this series. Why are we talking about this? Why are you spending a whole series on this? Because Paul says I'm supposed to command everyone who's rich in this present world. If you weren't here two weeks ago, go listen to the message. You're rich whether you realize it or not. You have something to give. Not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good. So, like, I, if I'm being honest with you, like, the way I'm wired, my personality, I don't really, that feels a little weird, weird for me. Like, hey, do good. That's what Paul says. That's what Paul says is the way we're, I'm supposed to pastor you and lead you. So I'm supposed to say, hey, on December 14th, if your calendar's not crammed full already, you need to come help serve some families. Next spring when there's an egg hunt, you need to come help serve some families. Next summer on serve day, you need to serve some families. And then in between those big events we do together as a church, you need to constantly be looking for opportunities to give what you have, to serve somebody with need, and to share Christ with somebody who doesn't have him yet. Tell, I'm commanding you to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be, everybody say it, generous and willing and willing and willing to share. Because in this way, we'll lay up treasure for ourselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. There's a life that's coming after this. There's a test that's coming after this so that we can take hold of the life that is really life. It's the best version of living. Let me sum it up this way. Write it down. There is more to this life than this life. A lot more. A lot more. And so we got to live for it. We've got to be intentional with it. Would you stand to your feet all across the room this morning as we close? Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. I'm going to get you out of here right on time. If you're in the room today and you say, hey, Michael, I'm not sure I passed the first test. I haven't done anything with Jesus yet. I have not had a moment where I repent, where I surrender my life to him, and where I enter into relationship with him. today I'd like to be sure I pass that test so that I can spend eternity with him. Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. If you say, Michael, you're talking to me. I need to pass that first test today. I need to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've never done that before and today's the day. No looking around. Just real quick, would you just wave at me? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you to the front of the room. Just going to lead you in a simple prayer. I just want to know you're here. I see it. Anybody else? Just, you can put your hand up and write back down real quick. Anybody else? Awesome. 
Good job. Good job. So if you raised your hand, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and our whole church is going to say this prayer together because it's kind of just our way of welcoming you into the family of God. And when you pray this prayer, you're not joining a church. That's not what this is. You're not joining true life with this prayer. You're receiving Jesus. And you're, you're ensuring that you answer that first question correctly one day when you stand before God. So all of us together, come on, can we pray? Just say, dear Jesus, today I surrender to you my whole life. You can have it. I believe you died on the cross. You paid the price for all of my mistakes, all of my sin, past, present, and future. And I believe three days later you rose from the dead and you broke the power and the curse of sin off my life. Today, I receive your free gift of salvation. And I enter into relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, True Life. Can we celebrate as heaven grows a little bit this morning? That's the best part of every weekend. That's our legacy, isn't it? To make heaven bigger and hell smaller. Good job, everybody, because if you call True Life home, you're a part of that, whether you realize it or not. For everybody else in the room, here's the deal. Let's go this week, and let's be intentional to give what we have, to find somebody to serve, and to find a way to share Jesus. If it's using an invite card or an acts of service card, whatever it is, you be intentional about sharing Jesus with the world around you. And you get a head start, right? Like we should all have plenty of energy around serving our Lord and Savior Jesus this week because we got the extra hour of sleep last night. Can I hear an amen? Somebody. Who's feeling good? Yeah. All right. Man, I love you guys. Let me pray a prayer of blessing over you, and then we're going to worship one last time before we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person in this room. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you, to get into your word together. We thank you for challenging our hearts. And God, we just want to be people who leave a legacy that points toward you. So God, help us, help us this week to be intentional, to think about the opportunities in our lives where we have uh, moments where we can be generous, people who we can serve. God, help us to see with your eyes the people in our world right now who may be far from you, who may be disconnected from you and from your family. And, and God, just use us to draw people towards you and draw people toward eternity. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said Amen, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus the best praise we can. Let's worship one more time before we go.